You're listening to the Geek Watch Podcast, episode 87, Casting News and What the Dead. This is the Geek Watch Podcast with Brian Hatcher and Mandy Petrie. Greetings, Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 87 of the Geek Watch Podcast. I'm Brian Hatcher, and with me, as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petrie. Hi, Brian. So we have movie news. We had some trailers come out. Uh, We've had some uh, shows that have come out that we're going to talk about today. But uh, let's get started with some casting news that's come out this week. We've gotten uh, two new castings for the new Matrix movie, Matrix 4, which we've talked about before. Neil Patrick Harris and Jessica Henwick are going to both be in the new uh, Matrix movie. Huh. So, of course, we know Neil Patrick Harris, of course. They mm-hmm. haven't said what his role is, but uh, it was uh, has been confirmed with Warner Brothers that he is going to be uh, in the movie. And uh, Henwick, uh, she played Colleen Wing in Iron Fist, and she was in Game of Thrones. Nymeria Sand, yeah, she played that character. She's going to be playing the lead So I guess she's the lead character. So I guess Neo is not going to be the lead character, although we know that both Neo and Trinity is going to be uh, in in the movie. And I know they're doing, we're going to be getting a young Morpheus, Yahya Abdul-Mateen, I think is the name of the actor. And Mm -hmm. he's going to be playing, uh, well, he's rumored to be playing the role of a young Morpheus. So, Mm -hmm. and uh, they're saying that Jada Pinkett Smith may be coming back also. Okay. She played Niobe in the third one. Was it the third one or is it the second one? I think it was the second one. I, I get the second and the third one. Oh, mixed yeah, up. absolutely. They're uh, but uh, yeah, she may be coming back as well. A but, resident of Zion. <laughs> yes, there you go. A resident of Zion. That was announced for the Matrix. The Matrix, I guess Matrix 4 or whatever they're going to call it. They've also announced that uh, Zoe Kravitz is going to be the new Catwoman in the, in the Matt Reeves Batman yeah, movie. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I've heard some people kind of complain about it a little bit. You know, why are we going to have, you know, a black cat woman? Eartha Kitt, that's why. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing, too. The best cat woman ever was. I I like the other cat women, but she's my favorite. Oh, yeah. Well, and the other thing, too, is, you know, this is not the first time she's played Catwoman. Oh. She was the voice of Catwoman in the Lego Batman movie. Really? So it's not Uh like she's never done this before. Uh Okay. It's same character, you know. Uh Was not aware of that. That is pretty cool. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So there you go. She's, I mean, she's, I think she's going to be great in the role Mm -hmm. myself. And uh, so, I mean, that's exciting. Uh, It'll be, um, you know, I'm waiting to see that. Now, I don't know if you know about this or not. I wanted to to check with you. Did you you ever see the craft back in the day? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know they're oh, doing. Oh yeah, a- I was a, like a 12, 13 year old girl. Of course, I saw the craft. <laughs> oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Now you know they're doing a remake. Blumhouse yes. is ma- doing a remake, so they we got some casting news. Uh huh. So apparently, Blumhouse uh, and and again, this is not a role. We don't know what the role is, but David Duchovny is going to be in it. So I guess he's been cast hmm. for something uh, there. But uh, of course, uh, we've already got the four cast already. I think it was, what was it? De- yeah, Deadline mentioned David Duchovny's casting and also re- uh, reported, I believe it was in Deadline, the four actresses who are, who are going to be playing. 
which I have to say, I don't know which one of the, uh, of the actors is going to be pl- uh, playing the, the Faruka Balk part, but mm-hmm. I don't know how you cast for that. I well, mean, uh, that was... If, unless, if, if they're doing a, a complete, you know, straight remake, you know, the exact same characters, the exact same everything, you know, I don't know that you could. I would rather see four completely different girls, four, you know, different characters, different actresses, different. That's what I would like to see out of the new craft. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I have to admit, though, you have to have at least one person of color, you know, cast. Otherwise, I, I probably would boycott the movie on general <laughs> principles and they, mm-hmm. they did so yeah that that's fine but mm-hmm. the uh gideon adlin is one of the actor is one of the actors uh she was in the society which is a netflix film mm-hmm. she was in blockers okay. and let's see lovey simone uh mm-hmm. or simone uh, lovey simone mm-hmm. um she was on tv on Greenleaf. she was in uh, orange is the new black and zoe luna she was in a rosaria dawson uh a short film, Boundless. She was in Pose, which is an FX drama. Mm-hmm. I so love these Pose. are, yeah, and uh, yeah, and uh, the lead is being played by Kaylee Spaney. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. She's done a bunch of things. She was in Pacific Rim Uprising. She was in Bad Times at the El Royale, which I really, oh. I enjoyed the heck yeah. out of that movie. Mm-hmm. On the basis of sex, uh, advice. Although, like I said, a lot of these, uh, a lot of these actors, they're they're rather new to the business. Which I like that. I, know, I really do like that. Upcomers and and they should yeah. be young. They should, you know, well, of oh, course, yeah. for the exactly, you know, uh, not not just you know having that idea of teenage girls doing seances or anything, but also having that sort of new to life innocence in a jaded world. Oh yeah, um, but, so that's what I'm excited yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, definitely, but. Yeah, even though, like I said, they're 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 rather young and um, you know up and coming, but Spainy, she's for the limited amount of time she's really been acting, she's done a lot of stuff. She's done a ton of stuff, so she's already got you know acting chops. So I think I think this is going to be really good. I haven't, I mean, of course, there's no trailers out for it yet. Blumhouse, I don't know when. I I, I think it's June of next year when they're going to start shooting. So I guess right now they're still casting, but. Um, Blumhouse, they have a uh, reputation of being able to put stuff out really quickly. So, I I would say, at, you know, early twenty twenty one will uh, it'll be out and ready to go. So, something I saw in the news today: uh, Kevin Feige has gotten another promotion. Did you hear about this? No. Yes, he has. He is now the new chief creative officer of Marvel Entertainment. Okay. Well. So. Uh, basically, what this means is he's now he's even higher up on the food chain. Basically, what it means to be the uh, the the chief creative officer is now, of course, he started out he was basically working Marvel films and he managed the films, and then of course he had somebody who was dealing with the television side, and and he got to a point where he was dealing with the television and the films. Well, now as the chief creative officer of Marvel Entertainment, not only does he deal with the films now and the television. But he's also managing the comics. Oh, awesome. So, of course, that now you're going to uh, seeing him in charge of all of that. It's going to be, I have to say, I'm, I'm really interested to see what, uh, how that's going to affect the comics now. That he's yeah. going to be basically managing all the storylines for the comics. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, the comics are where you get the inspiration for the movies and everything else. But 
I mean, obviously, he's really good at doing storylines, you know, separate storylines as as well as, you know, broad stories that, that covered different properties. And so, you know, one of the things that a lot of people complain about comic books in general is that you know, sometimes you have these big storylines that that make you have to buy every comic, you know. Oh, you yeah, to, so you could get every little... So you get every every part it. of the story, mm-hmm. but... Uh, yeah, Kevin Feige's really good at being able to do these, you know, multiple, obviously multiple brand stories because he's been doing that in uh, in the movies. But you know, he's also extremely creative, and as well as being able to to find really good creative talent, even if it's even if it's talent that people you know aren't that aware of, and be able to bring them to the fore. And I think you know, especially with comic books in the situation that they're in right now, I mean, that's going to be a real challenge for him to turn things around for Marvel mm-hmm. because, I mean, everybody's struggling. Yeah. I mean, it's not oh, just Marvel. Stepping over to DC for a second, we're finally getting Doomsday Clock. I yeah. mean, I can remember maybe two years ago we were started talking about this and oh, yeah. uh, Watchmen and uh, the DC Universe uh, finally crossing over with each other. And I wonder if that coming out has something to do with the HBO series if they plan those out together to kind of give each other a boost or something. Well, that, that would make a lot of sense if they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I Certainly the story from what uh, – I haven't been keeping up with it. Uh, I haven't been keeping up with a lot of the com- uh, comics at all, to be honest. But I know that they have been developing this for a long time, and this has been a long uh, story. and They've been taking their time to develop it for sure. But it makes perfect sense to me to if they're going to bring this out, you know – to uh, piggyback, with, piggyback yeah. it certainly mm-hmm. with uh, what's going on with uh, uh, HBO, and well, it's like we talked about last week that that the season is going to be self-contained, and you know, there's a possibility it might be the only season we get. But yeah, definitely, you want to strike where when the fire is hot for mm-hmm. sure. But you're you're right. I, I think this is a good time to really start to develop that storyline. They've spent, like you said, some time, you know building that story up and i is they're probably ready to, to to bring it out now for sure now we there were some trailers that came out there was a horror movie that i didn't know was coming out and, and saw the trailer for it's called the turning yeah which of course based off the turn of the screw right mm-hmm. which uh have you read the turn of the screw yes yeah. and um well listen to it mm-hmm. like th- those are some of my favorite mediums uh, mm-hmm. i've listened to it of course, uh, my favorite, uh, just like uh, Pet Cemetery, my favorite was the BBC's radio pr- production of it. Uh, right. It's, it, it's great. It's been put to film. It's been put to TV. There's an opera. There's a ballet uh, when it comes to Turn of the Screw. And I don't know if you were aware of this, Brian, but uh, most of the time when it's produced, they always rename it. Yeah. Uh, it, it's uh, It's been The Innocence. It's been Through the Shadow. It's been a in a dark place, uh, but they never call it the turn of the screw. Well, I'm sorry, rarely call it the turn of the screw. So when I, I saw the trailer and, you know, I didn't see the, the, the title yet, but, Mm -hmm. uh, I saw, you know, the kids, the teacher, I was like, Oh, this is the turn of the screw. Oh yeah. (laughs) And obviously, and then, um, there's, uh, and they call it the turning. I'm like, I'm not surprised. Oh yeah. Yep. Well, uh, and of course, if you've read the if you've read the story or you're familiar Which we with the story, recommend. Oh Go yes, read it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, it was a landmark infection. 
And I don't want to really go into a whole lot of detail why that's the case, because again, there's a there's a twist in this, or I should say, maybe there's a twist. Maybe, maybe yes, is maybe, there a twist? Or? Maybe there is. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's. Maybe I mean, not. <laughs> it did something in a story that you hadn't really seen a lot of before, and that's why this, of course, you know, honestly, it's it's if you're into any kind of uh, horror fiction, uh, it is definitely required reading. I mean, when I saw the trailer, I mean, Finn Wolfhart, he's looking creepy as all get out. Yeah. So that's, uh, I think, I think he's, you know, he's definitely made, laid his stake as a horror actor. You yeah. know, he is, uh, oh, I can't. well, Stranger Things. Certainly. Yeah. Stranger Things. It's, it, yeah. He's, he's really, you know, he's, he's Jamie Lee Curtis. He's, you know, yeah, he's, he's, he is, he, he's found his spot he's, for sure. He's found, yep. Yeah, he's and, definitely, he's definitely found his spot. But, mm-hmm. uh, so that, that fast, uh, I thought that was interesting. There were a couple of Disney trailers that came out this week. One, on the surface, I thought, oh, here we go again. Mm-hmm. Because for some reason, of course, Disney wants to put out movies on everything. And they started doing, of course, and this was years ago, they started, you know, creating uh, movies out of their rides. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, like, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Well, which did Haunted really well. Mansion, which. which didn't. Not so much. <laughs> you know, Mr. Toad's ro- Wild Ride, which absolutely didn't. That they did that. Yes, they did. I, I mean, I that's kn- how bad it was. You didn't even know about it. Well, I mean, I knew about Wind in the Willows, but yeah. I didn't know about Mr. Toad's Wild. No, I had no idea that was even a thing. Oh yeah. I like Wind in the Willows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or what is it? It's the Adventures of Mr. Toad. Or, Ichabod Crane and Mr. Toad, they did it as a short. Right. You know, it wasn't the full Wind in the Willows. It was a little short about Mr. Toad and his obsession with automobiles. Right. You know, they took one little part of the story yeah. of Wind in the Willows and, and put it in one of their right. anthology movies. Yeah, um, yeah. So there's a new movie out uh, based on one of their rides, uh, The Jungle Cruise. It's, it's called Jungle, Jungle Cruise. Oh. Yeah, the rocks in it right yes, yes he's, he's seen, in it and emily blunt's in it so yeah i've seen pictures i haven't i didn't know the trailer had come out yeah i've the, seen well, them dressed up and he's oh yeah kind of got this little sort of popeye look to him <laughs> oh yeah yeah definitely so it like i said on paper you just look at that and go why why are you why doing, are you doing this? this disney why are you doing it but then i saw the trailer and i'm like okay i, I I'm, I'm kind of a I'm kind of on for it now. I'm on board, <laughs> <Yeah>. literally. <laughs> Jungle Cruise. <laughs> there you go. I so I had to say, yeah, that it, it looks it looks like it's going to be pretty interesting if the story's definitely there, uh, because of course uh, Dwayne Johnson plays this captain of the ship who who takes people on tours up the jungle and he's uh you know sort of like you know adventure cruises, but he hires people to make make things seem more adventurous. Let's say. Huh, um, okay, and then he winds up getting put on a real adventure when Emily Blunt and, and her brother hires him to to take them up the river, which he's really not that interested in until, of course, money <laughs> money yeah. becomes an issue, and it's like, okay, yes, I will definitely do this for money. And of course, <laughs> there's this running joke about how he keeps r- raising the price of it, where it it, it costs more. Uh, for example, you know, if he if they if he takes them up there and brings them back alive, it costs something, but if they happen to die, if she happens to die, he has to charge her more for that, <laughs> uh, because then she, she, he has to carry her back, and that's that's a that's a hassle. <laughs> so, so she's gonna charge her extra if he has to carry her back out of the jungle. So 
But uh, yeah, it looks like it's going to be really funny, and uh, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. So, okay. uh, what the, you know, what the heck? But uh, yeah, go, uh, going back to Disney, bringing stuff out of the vaults, they're uh, redoing Doolittle. Yes. Which, again, it's like, why do you just keep remaking all these movies? But mm-hmm. you know, you're putting Robert Downey Jr. in it, so yeah. Yeah, it, it it that looks like fun too. Yep, it's pretty much uh, it's uh, Sherlock moved out, you know, to the middle of nowhere and started talking to animals. So yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that and uh, I mean to be honest, you know, Rex Harrison is is going to be some, you know, that's a hard act to follow for sure. Mm-hmm. Now I know some people out there are probably asking me, you know, why didn't I mention Eddie Murphy? Well, I got reasons, <laughs> but. Ooh. Yeah, no. mm-hmm. you know, he, he did his version of Doolittle. And none of them have to do with Aaliyah. <laughs> no, not not at all. Mm-hmm. But uh, Beautiful, beautiful music video <laughs> from that movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's, that's definitely true. Yeah, so we got a teaser trailer for that. And uh, I mean, that looks like that's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, yeah. again, we're, we're now at a place where talking animals, are go- you can make them look a heck of a lot more real, for sure. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, Disney, they're not stopping. They're um, they're bringing out more stuff. So, uh, you know, so I'm looking forward to see more of that when it comes out uh, and may get a chance to check that out for sure. Now, I did want to talk a little bit about, because we mentioned a little bit about Breaking Bad and El Camino, that they were shooting a, uh, a Breaking Bad movie. Well, that came out last weekend, and I did get a chance to watch it. Now, I know oh, you okay. have, I know mm-hmm. you know a little bit about Breaking Bad. Yeah, not much. But not much. Yeah, that's definitely a show that you want to check out for mm-hmm. sure. But the Breaking Bad movie did come out, and it was written and directed by Vince Gilligan. Uh, and it covers mostly... Um, it's based on uh, Jesse Pinkman and what happens to him moments after he escapes. So it it uh, follows him after basically the end of the series. And I, I don't want to go into a whole lot of spoilers I, about it, but it's to me it really does feel like a two-hour-long episode of Breaking Bad. It, okay. it, it really blends in really well with uh, the end of the movie. But because it feels like that two-hour episode, it really doesn't backtrack a lot and explain a lot of things to you it just assumes that you've seen the show and that you know what's going Uh, on uh so if you've never seen breaking bad before there's really no reason to watch el camino because you're going to be lost because it's like especially with the jesse pinkman character because you're like why do we care about this jerk well we had five seasons of jesse pinkman and we learned to care about this guy even with his foibles and his problems and of course, which is the strength of Vince Gilligan, is that our really our two main characters, Walter White and Jesse Pinkman, are not really nice people. And of course, Walter White becomes less and less nice as things go along. But that was again, Gilligan had written so many really good episodes of television before then. He basically challenged himself in a real sense to to write, you know non-sympathetic characters and make you sympathize about him. I mean, he turned the difficulty level way up, but he was good enough to pull that off. But like I said, at the same time, if you don't know who Jesse Pinkman is, you kind of wonder why we, why we would even care about this jerk. But you know, for this, uh, for those of us who watch the show in a weird way, we do. But the thing about it too, is if, if it's been a while since you've seen the show, it may even be a good idea to maybe revisit some of the episodes because there are a lot of references uh, in the show 
And there are a couple rep- references I noticed from, you know, Better Call Saul. Oh, okay. Uh, the spinoff, right. The spinoff show. Mm-hmm. There, there, There's a reference or two in there as well. But uh, like I said, if you're if you're not familiar with what happened in the show, you're just going to be lost. There's, like I said, there's no reason to watch El Camino. So I would say, consider that you know episode. Uh, consider it season six. Mm-hmm. You know, a one episode season six uh, episode, and uh, stay away from it until you've you've watched one through five. In fact, I think honestly, it'll watch better for you if if. If, you, if your memory is fresh on the stuff that has happened previously. Um, but it, yeah, if you don't know anything that's going on. But there are, like I said, there's a lot of great Jesse Pinkman moments in there. There's, um, like I said, I'm not going to go into any spoilers because you certainly don't want any going into it for sure. But there is a moment where Jesse, we'll just say he he's trying to be really, really clever. And of course, he's Jesse Pinkman, so he's not really. But it's this moment where he thinks that he is just so smart. And for a moment there, you're kind of going with him. It's like, maybe, yeah, maybe he has figured something out. And then, it, the, of course, the rug gets pulled out from under him because he's Jesse Pinkman. So, uh, and it's hilarious. Our lovable sad sack. Yes, for sure. Uh, but I, uh, I I did enjoy it. I, I Some people, I, if you're, lo- like I said, if you're looking for a movie that, that's uh, more grandiose than the TV show, uh, you're not going to get that. I mean, it feels like, like I said, it feels like the television show. It doesn't feel like it's a an upscale version of it uh, done in a movie form. And they're certainly not spending any time uh, going back to explain certain uh, certain things. So was that Netflix? Who did that? That was Netflix, mm-hmm. yes. So it's on, uh, it's on Netflix now, streaming. And uh, like I said, some uh, there are some... There are some moments uh, in there where if you've not seen the show, you'll go, okay, that's kind of interesting. And if you have seen the show, you go, oh, man, that is that's messed up, actually. That's that's pretty messed up. But you're not going to know that if you don't know the show. So I'd say, like I said, El Camino, it's definitely, I think, for Breaking Bad bad fans, it's it's worth a watch if you've seen the show. If it's not, just, just save it. Watch it after you've you've seen the first five seasons of the show, and then visit El Camino. Lastly, of course, we got to talk Walking Dead. Walking we got Dead. we got episode two now. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it yet? I have. Okay, I've I've seen it. I, I've seen most of it. it I had I had a very busy weekend, so I I was like I watched bits and pieces of it at different times. So there may be parts that I haven't seen. <laughs> uh, so. If we're doing what the dead, warn of the spoilers. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay, because I want to go to the very end first. Okay. Okay. So when she lifts up the mask, you know the the the, the real time, right? Um, and she, you know she smiles at him and covers him up and does all that thing. You know, my initial uh, thought was, okay, is he deformed? Did he get scars or something like that? But then uh, reading about uh, you know theories on the internet and stuff that. He may be someone famous in our in, in this world, and yeah. that that he might be recognized, and that could be like a big reveal at the end of the of the season. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. That's that's something I had I didn't see coming at all. Right. Um, that, they've. Uh, I mean, even in the comic, he's. Uh, they say that he he was somebody. He might have been a sports figure or something like that. Uh-huh, people knew, uh-huh. but they don't. They don't really say for sure. Uh huh. What was interesting about the end part of that, of course, is that apparently he um, 
was going down a road very similar to uh, the governor, where there was somebody he really cared about. Kept and, them. And, yep. and kept them. And in a real sense, kept them in a, in a major way because he's wearing their T-shirt. Mm-hmm. And he's wearing their now face. he's wearing their face. And yes. he's wearing their face. So he took both of those mm-hmm. things. And um, that was really the start of the the whisperers right there. It was when right when, when she told him to when she's doing her Jim Jones, you know, come mm-hmm. join me. And I guess a brave new world it says we are the end of the world. That was the name right. of the episode. Uh, we are the end of the world. we are the yeah. end of the world. And was, we have this more brave new world. Thing. You know, we got right. alphas, betas, and gammas now, and yeah. uh, all all this going on. So we're going to be this brave new world, and um, that that was like the beginning. And finding out that the whispers that they're not that old, they're not that old. You know, they haven't been around since the beginning, right? So they're just like really just a few years old. Have they started doing this? So they don't have this, I guess, ancient way of life <laughs> and dressing up and philosophy of we're animals now you know it's pretty new and right well i mean certainly you have humans in in the zombie apocalypse they'll they will cling to anybody that they feel has some level of strength and can protect and can protect them how mm-hmm. whatever that philosophy is you know is whether it was rick's group which of course uh, you know of course we used to talk about the rictatorship yep so, you know, the level of democracy has ebbed and flowed in that group for sure. But then, of course, you have the saviors and their, right. and their philosophy, you know, you know, to the strong belong the spoils. And then, of course, now with the whisperers and right. this, this whole idea of, you know, the dead rule everything, you know, we, you know, learn to play ball by the new rules for yeah, sure. They had kind of this, the villains have sort of, you know, they've had good names, like the governor, you know, kind of has this you know, this government of his own and he wants the people to think that everything's great, but then right behind the scenes, you've got awful things going on to take care of things and make, you got the terrible people to do everything. Then like you got the savers, saviors, they all say, I'm Negan. They know that they have to do bad things and that they have to, in order to survive. And so now we've got the pack and in order to, to survive, we have to become animals. So they've done really, really well. And I guess that goes, you know, all the way back to the comics. Uh, they've done well at giving giving titles to, to you know, these, to the villains of the series. Right. And uh, now we've got, uh, <laughs> we've got Alpha and Beta who are just fantastic villains. And I think it'll be hard to top them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> As far sure. as villains go. I mean, we still have that mystery of Beta, which I think... I don't think, especially, uh, well, at least in the beginning, you don't want to know as much about him. I, I like the fact that he's sort of their version of, of a of a Jason or a Michael Myers. Oh you know, yeah, that you don't you don't really know what they didn't even thinly veil that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the opening scene, right, where he's standing there with the machete and, and a ski mask. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they couldn't have made it. Any, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. But uh, you know, of course, now we have you know. We also have the story of Francis and Mary, the two sisters, and Francis, you know, for some reason, Alpha made Francis take her baby with them and then wound up forcing yes. forcing her to, to leave her baby behind. Exactly. Which, in a real sense, became a parallel, of course, for Alpha, mm-hmm. you know, and th- that whole question about, uh, you know, whether, you know, uh, as far as Alpha, you know, her, what she says as compared to, you know, her, her particular beliefs 
and kind of having to go a little bit crazy to deal with it in a, in a real sense. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Frances wanted her dead and almost wound up killing her. And, you know, you know, seeing Alva challenged really this this is really the first time we've seen her be challenged by her pack. Right. That at first she was just willing to lay her baby down because Alpha said so. And it took up until now for her to finally break and to, you know, you know, the big F you moment. And, uh, I don't believe in you anymore. And, but that's also the power that she does have over her pack because, uh, Mary does in fact, uh, kill her own sister. Exactly. Um, And of course, because of that, she becomes Gamma. So mm -hmm. seeing how that, um, how that leadership role will develop and, uh, and especially since, I mean, it it bait us a little bit leery of her for sure. There's so much, so much more occult than, uh, you know, Michonne always called the governor, who's like real Jim Jones type and like Alpha, the, the, the whispers they're the real cult here oh yeah um, absolutely there's i mean they're they're a cult in pretty much any way that you could you mm-hmm. could uh call them a cult because they have their they have their viewpoint they have in a real sense a religion which mm-hmm. is you know the dead rule and mm-hmm. you know now, we like have to become negan, negan was caesar and talked about that before negan was caesar rick was spartacus and you know and now we've got we've got our our jim jones we've got yeah very our, much so you know uh, all cult leaders, Charlie Manson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. De- mm-hmm. She's definitely that, she's definitely that type of character and seeing how it develops is going to be interesting. And uh, well, like I said, we, I mean, this, um, this episode, we get a, uh, you know, we get a, a look behind the curtain to what the, you know, how the whispers work and the, you know, what it's like to be a whisperer. And of course, our next uh, next episode is you know we're going to have that clash, the big so. clash. Yeah, I got to be honest, I wasn't looking forward to this episode, but I'm like, oh, it's another flashback, it's another origin episode. I'm right. just, I've had enough, but I was I was pleasantly you know surpri- uh, not surprised, but I was happy with this episode. I'm glad we got it. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, that, it's to do an episode like this can be a rough call uh, because you're either like I said, if you if you develop some the background of these characters, you know, you, uh, it allows you to kind of follow them a little bit more, but sometimes it's better off that they're mysterious and you don't Mm -hmm. know that much. Mm -hmm. And so as a writer, that's sometimes that's a difficult call to uh, call to make because, you know, what's the better advantage, develop them as characters and make the, uh, and that way make them more three dimensional. Or do you leave them in the shadows and leave them mysterious and make people wonder about them? And that really depends on what you're going to do with the characters. And, uh, of course, we don't know what that's going to be until as these uh, next episodes. Uh, but, I, you know, honestly, I don't know how long they're going to continue the, uh, the whole storyline with the, with the Whisperers. Because, well, the thing about it is I, I, I think that it's going to um, it's probably going to last past all of season 11, I would think. I don't know. I mean, of course, you know, season 10, they've got it split, you know, between, you know, like they've done before, you know, you've got a part one and a part two. And I think we're still going to be dealing with the whispers after uh, the part two, because I mean, look how much time they gave to uh, to the saviors. And I think they need to, especially with the whispers, I think 
they need to give that group time to, like I said, grow. And But I have to say also that for a while, you know, The Walking Dead, the zombies weren't that scary anymore because they kind of took a back seat uh, to what was going on with the saviors and all of that. The humans are and much with, scarier. Right. <laughs> but uh, you're getting the best of both worlds here. Because uh, you're definitely getting uh, more and more of uh, of the of the zombies because of course they they're they're the weapon they're the nuclear warhead for the uh, for the uh, whispers and you know from this uh, from this episode you see also that they're not done gathering them they're getting as many of them as they can and they're continuing continually growing their army uh, of the dead so. You know, as time goes along, and again, we, we're getting to this point of, you know, of course, uh, our intrepid uh, um, uh, survivors are trying to live and let live, but the longer they do this, the more dangerous the whispers become. And certainly from the from the uh, trailers that we've seen for the, uh, for this season of Walking Dead, there's there's coming a point where the survivors they're not gonna they don't want to continue uh with live and let live it's already we've seen like in the first episode you have some people saying uh, you know we, we need to keep this truce we need to keep the peace and you have others the uh, others saying it's not going to last and we need to do something about this now while we still can and so we've got um you know, like I said, the first the first episode, we see the the schisms that are rising up between the survivors, and now we're all, uh, of course, see uh, episode two, we're seeing that even uh, even the um, whispers are having their issues and differences in philosophy, and so where this all plays out, the only thing we can do is keep tuning in and watching and i guess we'll find out then so but uh i did see the trailer for episode three have you i did not see it yeah they played that at the end of the uh, episode and yeah it's uh it's coming to a head Mm. and it's like we uh and we talked about this last week i'm definitely looking to see uh an alpha carol Throwdown. Yeah, I want that more than anything, and I think we're going to get the world down. Yeah, exactly. It's like who wins? I I don't know who wins, and I think that's that's what's exciting about it is, you know, Carol's actually pretty evenly matched with Alpha. Uh, They're they're both uh, they've both done some really messed up things, and they they're both missing children. They're both uh, uh, mothers who. who don't have their kids anymore and are really upset about it and are, you know, they're, they're ready to go at each other. And so uh, I don't know when we are going to get it, but when, it's going to be pretty impressive when we do for sure. And so with that said, we come to the end of episode 87 of the geek watch podcast. Thank you for listening and tune in next week for the latest in geek news and views with the geek watch podcast. For Mandy Petrie, this is Brian Hatcher, reminding all the geek watchers out there, we're all geeky about something. Be proud of yours. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Geek Watch Podcast. If you enjoyed this program, don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred platform and share this podcast on your social media. For links to all the ways you can listen to the Geek Watch Podcast, as well as leave comments and suggestions, visit our website at geekwatch.net. The Geek Watch Podcast is a Hanging J production.